got that music for free. Off a dead roller skater? No, our son, Charlie. Oh, nice. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Charlie, for that music. Hi, welcome back to the Ramble Room. I'm Ken, here with Diane and with Tom, and our special guest today is Roger Miller. Now, no, I know you've heard this before. Not the king of the road. I'm not the king of the road, no. No, no. I don't sing. I don't sing. And then when people say, well, do you sing? I say, no, dang me, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. That's a Roger Miller joke, if anyone doesn't know. Yes, yes. You ought to take a rope and hang me. (laughs) So uh, Roger was, when I first met him, he was mayor of Sheridan. But I want to take a minute and allow you to explain a little bit of your background and why it pertains to this. Roger has declared his candidacy for Sheriff of Sheridan County. When, about the time that this happened, I traveled down to Buffalo. He was a keynote speaker down there, and he spoke on the concept of the constitutional sheriff. Give us a little of your background, Roger. I think I'll just start back, um, you know, when I was a, about a two-year-old kid, um, my mom made this could cr- take a this while. This could take a little while. Yeah, it's only only. 40, I had a little bad. Forty-eight years ago, sheriff. That's right. <laughs> so uh, my mom, all of us kids, she had five kids, and each kid she made a Christmas uh, stocking for us out of felt, like the old-fashioned ones. Cool. And um, for each kid, she sat and she thought about it for like the first six months, a year, while before the first Christmas. But she was uh, kind of pondering, and she's looking at me, and she's just like. What is, what is this fourth kid of mine going to be? What is he going to be? I think he's going to be a little sheriff. And so she, she made me a, um, a little stocking, and she put a little gun on it with a star, a little sheriff star on it, and, and that's been my stocking ever since I was a little tiny kid. I really? still have it. I still hang it in my house. Um, <laughs> so, so I grew up here in Sheridan, uh, went to Sheridan High School, uh, went to Metal Arc, and actually holy name, Metal Arc, the old junior high that's now gone, a big empty lot down there. Central. Um, Central school. And I went to the old high school that is now the junior high for one year. And then I went to Sheridan High School as a new high school as a sophomore. But um, I grew up, went through high school, um, went into college uh, for uh, a year. <clears throat> as the, a student or you just went into the college like I did? I, I went into the college and, and uh, didn't participate as much as a student as I should have. <laughs> uh, that first first semester for sure. Uh, and then uh, after a year of school, uh, having passed a few of my classes, uh, I decided that the military was kind of a, maybe an option for me. So I joined the United States Air Force at, uh, at, at 19. Um, and then uh, during uh, very shortly later after basic or in basic training, uh, we go to Desert Storm, Desert Shield, all that stuff. Uh, I go through tech school. We get out of tech school and, and, and basically uh, you know, served my time during that. So I was only in the military for two years. Uh, the reason being is that uh, Clinton... Um, came out with the, the, the massive cutbacks, 100,000 people yep. getting booted out of the military. Um, and I was in the military at the time, and I had, I had orders to the Philippines and Kadena, Japan. And so I was getting all the shots, the gamma globulin, which was a horrible shot, uh, getting typhoid fever, which made me sick for like three months. I mean, all these different things. And literally about a month before I'm ready to ship out to the Philippines, the volcano blows up and destroys the Air Force Base over there. So they get rescued by the Navy. There is a God. <laughs> right? <laughs> they get rescued by the Navy. The Air Force gets rescued by the Navy off the base, uh, and, and they close the base down forever. So I'm thinking, well, okay, I go to Japan then, right? And this sergeant uh, of some rank, he looks at me and says, no, you're at the bottom of the pile. And I'm like, well, why? I just I, I had two years of work in. I'm waiting to go overseas. I've been here in America the whole time like to go overseas why, why can't i just go to japan you guys canceled my philippines but why why not go to japan but i have the stocking <laughs> I've got a stocking, right? <laughs> so so the, at the end of the day um they they just say well sorry you know you're a you're an airman first class so you're at the bottom of the pile other people are going to go places so i joined the air force to see the world and i go from sheridan to texas to illinois chanute illinois back to cheyenne wyoming <laughs> so i spent my my military career in three states and and here in Wyoming. But I get out, then I come back and I go to Sheridan College for engineering. So I'm learning how to draft and taking computer courses and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, wow, this is a lot of work and I'm not sure I enjoy this. So I looked around the school and I see this police science group and I'm like, what are you guys doing here? 
because there's these kids walking across campus with uh, six shooters on their sides. I'm like, that looks really cool to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go talk to those kids. I'm like, where are you guys going? They're like, oh, we're going over to the armory over here and um, we're, we're doing our shooting class. And I'm like, that's a college class. I want in on that one. That sounds so much fun. <laughs> so the next semester, I, I switched my major and I went into the police science group, learning the law, the constitution, all those kinds of things. And I'm like, yeah, this, this is my fit. This is what I really like. From in 94, I go to Shattern State, Nebraska, finished my four-year degree. And, uh, and when I graduated from there in 96, I came back to Sheridan and I applied for Sheridan Police, Sheridan Sheriff uh, Office. Um, I, I applied for Wyoming Highway Patrol, uh, DCI, you know, every, every law enforcement agency in the state. But at that time, it was like four years after, you know, they just let 100,000 cops go from the military, basically. It was a lot of cops. So there were like no jobs. So I, uh, I decided to uh, look around a little bit, and I looked down to Colorado. So I got my job in 1997 with the city of Broomfield as a street officer. The first, I'd say, six months to a year, uh, and within that time frame, uh, the the department saw that I had uh, a little more patience, a little more skill set than maybe some others had. Uh, so they 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 kind of quickly put me into like a field training officer. I was I was literally um, went from being a a, a trainee to uh, a, a field training officer in, in basically a year. At that point, I also get a, a special assignment to domestic violence. And so every domestic violence case that, that we responded to for my shift, uh, that was my job to go and handle those. About, uh, it was in year three that uh, our city started to really start to grow. And um, they were making some big plans. They actually changed our city, the city of Broomfield, from a, a city that was in four counties. And um, our, our city mayor and council decided that they wanted to put it on the ballot to see if the city of Broomfield become could become the city county of Broomfield, one one city that's also a county. So um, that was some interesting challenges that basically had us go through a lot of uh, policy procedure process uh, in investigation of site selection of buildings and all kinds of stuff. And they, they actually involved uh, all of us officers to some degree in a lot of different aspects of that, which was which was really a great learning opportunity to see how the administration also functions on top of the law enforcement aspect of, of being a police officer. So from that, uh, that time frame, that, that three-year time frame, um, we had some promotions and uh, an investigations job came up and uh, I applied for it and I was then the um, uh, detective it was in in year three pushing towards year four uh, a detective for um, domestic violence so then I was furthering those cases you know from from the start and then I, I'd have to I had to re, I had to train new officers to do what I used to do and mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was more difficult because we were in four counties we had four different counties where we had to uh, arrest procedures, paperwork procedures, policies. So I helped write the the policy procedure and, and kind of the hand guidebook for the department because, you know, Broomfield or uh, Boulder did it one way, Jefferson County did it another way. And there might be a, a an affidavit of arrest and, and, a, and a fingerprint process and all these things at one county, but then the other county, there was just an affidavit for arrest and, and maybe some other paperwork that we had to do. So I came up with this basically a color-coded thing. So I so one benefit from that then is you've seen several different ways to do things. Yes, uh, okay. yes. So uh, so end, ended up I, I had five different ones because then we implemented our own Broomfield process right. because we had we'd become a city county, but then we had to build all this stuff. So we had to build a, a, a jail. We had to build a, the, a, a new police department, a, a sub branch of the police department. We had to build the courts, uh, the whole the whole court system as well. Um, you know, they had to go through judge processes. I mean, it was really quite interesting to see basically the creation of a county at, at the time. And this was over a span of, what, two, three like years? Like two, two to three years, yeah. yeah. It was really fast. Um, so so I was a, a detective, a domestic violence detective, uh, and another person got promoted and, and a property detective slot opened up. And I thought, well, you know, after three years of working with domestic violence and all this, I think I got that down. I, I think I'd like to try something else, boss. Yeah. Uh, and the bosses were like, okay, we'll slide you over to property uh, investigations. So it's like auto theft and burglaries and thefts and all those kinds of stuff. Um, and white collar crime, you know, check fraud, all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've handled cases from literally uh, auto theft where I've solved literally several like three four hundred different auto theft cases um and and solving means that you you actually you know get the case you 
pull all the evidence, you, you do the fingerprinting, you do the processing, the lead chasing, uh, you do interviews, and, and you actually get an arrest out of it. Oh, I, I got something. You've sure. got a lot of experience in domestic violence and stealing mm-hmm. cars and arresting little children. Um, <laughs> drugs and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Right. right. Um, you also have experience as the mayor of the city of Sheridan. Mm-hmm. So you understand local politics. You understand local media. You understand how ugly it can get around here. So why the desire to return to public life as a sheriff? So um, that, that's actually a, a really interesting question that I've, I've thought about uh, after I uh, you know, lost the election for mayor. Um, and, and, I, and I have to kind of throw a few little things together with this. So uh, uh, in my, um, I think it was in 2019, yeah, I'm going to say 2019, 2000, early 20, uh, when uh, Chief Adrians stepped down from being the chief, we were on the look for a new um, police chief. So I... Uh, while I was the mayor, I'm I'm doing these interviews, and I'm thinking, wow, that's I kind of miss that. You know, it's, it's being being an officer and and uh, and and doing the stuff that police chiefs do, uh, and and having the administrative experience of of you know being a business owner and being the mayor of, of the city of Sheridan. It's like uh, I, I really kind of kind of miss that. Um, so uh, when I when I end up losing the election, which you know that's the the public's uh, vote, and and it was you know within a, a thousand votes, roughly something like that. Um, uh, I, I don't consider that to be a loss. I consider that to be that, well, the, the community chose a different path. Okay. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. how the, the community chose. They called so, it term limits. Yeah. <laughs> my my four year term yeah. limits on that one. Yeah. So, um, so with, with, uh, having done the interviews and, and talking with, uh, uh, actually one of the applicants that that's where I started to kind of, kind of go, you know, uh, if I don't win the mayor, thing. Uh, I, I think um, I'd really like to get back to my, my roots, my education, my, my passion of serving the community. Uh, and if, you know, uh, the sheriff's office opens up in the future, I think I, I think I might run for that. Um, and, and this is, you know, what, almost two years before um, Sheriff uh, Thompson decides not to run. You know, he just, yeah. just announced that not just a month or a few months ago. Um, so I'm 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 kind of contemplating these things back then. My my history for, as a kid, uh, and a long time as a police officer was to become a sheriff, someplace. I didn't know Sheridan would be the place, but I always thought, yeah, that'd be neat mm-hmm. to do, to be the sheriff here. So you kind of got a taste through interviewing <clears throat> these people, got got your appetite kind of revived me to back, get it, yeah. so, to get it back into there. When so, we last spoke, you said you wanted to be a constitutional sheriff, or you talked about that. Can you tell us what that might mean to you? So I've, I've been asked a few different times, well, well, have you heard about, you know, Sheriff Mack, or have you heard about what a um, constitutional sheriff is or what it means? Uh, and, it, and it means a lot of different things, but to me, it means that um, not only are, are we, <clears throat> as law enforcement, supposed to uphold the laws that are set by the uh, the legislature or your city council in in a, in a city municipality situation um, but but ultimately you're supposed to abide by the constitution the, the united states constitution number one wyoming state constitution number two um, and because that's what uh, the laws that form uh, the basis around what you are supposed to do as the ordinance and laws that are passed by your your state legislature um, so as a as a um, uh, a studier of the Constitution, uh, and a person that um, uh, you know studied it intensely, you know, twenty plus years ago, right at twenty years ago, um, and and then kind of dabbled in it, you know, the last twenty years, and and especially you know having been the mayor, there's certain aspects, and so one of the first questions I'd always ask when when they'd bring an ordinance uh, before us as the council, I'd be like, first first and foremost, is it constitutional? Number one, uh, and second of all. Um, it, it, even though it's constitutional, what are the ramifications from us passing this? You know, what, how is it going to impact the civil liberties of our residents? How is it going to impact the, the rights of our citizens if we go down this path? And, um, and, and that's, those, are, those are questions I think that have to be asked of every politician every time they're passing a law. It, and, and that should be the first and foremost thing in, everybody, in, in every elected's mind is the Constitution of the state of the country and the constitution of the state <clears throat> and how do you blend those into the enforcement aspects mm-hmm. of a sheriff or a police officer um, and into how that actually impacts every individual resident and citizen of your community 
So, so that's that's kind of the the, the overall arching concept of constitutional sheriff. I may be wrong, but in my mind, about thirty years ago, sheriff of Bighorn County, and I don't remember his name. I was in Europe at the time, so I'm getting little bits and pieces through the news. So if anybody knows more about this and can fill me in, please do. But the way that I remember the story was there was uh, a Bureau of Land Management office there whose people were out trespassing on a couple of ranchers' properties. And the long and short of it was the sheriff of Bighorn County basically told the Bureau of Land Management office to pack up and get out of his county. Mm-hmm. Do you think he had the authority to do that? And if so, why? So uh, I do believe that he has the authority to do that. It's based on some other aspects because um, the, uh, the sheriff is the top elected um, um, law enforcement agent of the county, right? <clears throat> right. And so your federal agencies are actually federal officers and, and they're Secret Service, they're Treasury officers, they're BLM, whatever, whatever national... Um, officer uh, enforcement that they have. Well, their jurisdictions are different. They're they're supposed to focus on their federal laws that get violated. Like the FBI in this case, uh, uh, recently I've been watching and, and it was about emails, right? So if, if you do emails, well, that's a federal offense. It's not, especially if it goes right. across state lines, all that kind of stuff. But when it hits the FCC, the airwaves becomes a federal crime if you've done something wrong on that. So, um, so did the sheriff have the authority, which that was just how I would put it to say, Hey, pack up your stuff and get out of here. You're not going to be, um, you know, either violating the rights of my citizens or, or my residents of my County. Um, that's, that's kind of the basis of where that starts, uh, starts at. Um, now if the sheriff had signed some pre-agreement or, and that's what you have to look at, uh, what agreements have been pre-signed by you know, past sheriffs and, and what is, what are some of these, uh, um, jurisdictional boundary agreements that, yeah. that get signed that, that becomes a little touchier and you have to That's, have to work those things. That is where it gets sticky because there's a lot of interpreting, you know, I was a soldier myself for about 10 years and we were always told you don't have to follow any illegal or Un- unlawful, order. unlawful right. orders. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a, yep. an iffy thing <laughs> open to interpretation. Um, I think it's necessary, but if, for example, BLM land is federal land and you have a federal office there, certainly they would have a right to oversee that land. But again, correct me if I'm wrong, what was happening was these people, in order to access federal land, were trespassing on private lands, violating the rights of those landowners and ignoring it because we're federal is higher than state is their basically attitude and yet here we here we are the county so this this is all very interesting to me in light of mandates coming down from federal government would you as a county sheriff enforce those if you felt they were unconstitutional and if you were not going to enforce them how do you justify that so that that's 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 the big question yep. questions of the day right so um i think uh it does boil down to um, having a backbone and standing up for the constitution first so uh, as as a sheriff, as an elected sheriff, and you see even across Wyoming, some sheriffs are standing up and some aren't for different things, right? Um, and all across the country. <clears throat> so uh, unfortunately, where most politicians today, and I heard it all the time down at the state legislature, which made me basically vomit when I was down there, um, they'd say, well, hey, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's an issue that won't get me reelected. And I'm like, I don't care. If you you need to follow up on this because it's the constitution, it's it's the law. You need to make sure these things happen. That's what you were elected to do, not because you won't get reelected. Uh, that 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 doesn't fly my ship at all. So um, 
and 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 I've and again I, I heard too many of the the legislatures down there say that kind of stuff, and well and, and then they turn around well you're you're just a little hard to work with you you don't you don't work with people I'm like no no I, I work with good honest people I don't work with people that uh, fudge the law or or decide not to 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 follow the rules or uh, cop out effectively they they basically say look I'm not going to do it because it's too hard. Well, you were elected to do that hard job. So would I, um, it depends on the situation, how that happens. But basically, if there, if I believe that the Constitution was violated um, and, and you're violating our citizens' rights, the sheriff can, in my mind, say, no, we're not going to enforce that mandate. Um, the, the repercussions of that might be that the public then at the very next election says, mm, we didn't like that decision, you're out the door. So um, that's where the backbone comes in. And you have to be able to articulate, as, as we used to say, you have to be able to articulate why you did something. So on, let's say the, the mask mandate, right? It came down, coming through how they're trying to do it through, um, what's what's the, the branch they're trying to push through the, not the CDC, the- um, OSHA? OSHA, thank you. Yeah. The OSHA, the OSHA regulations. Well, you know, thank goodness they they pushed that through the courts pretty quick, and and they've come back and they've said, eh, yeah, that's probably not going to fly. So so far. so far, right? So we got to got to go to the next step of, of the court system. Um, I heard uh, um, one of our local state senators um, uh, in in reference to t- speaking about uh, some of the the business stuff here uh, in this last session. Uh, in reference to the mandates and um he he basically he said you know it's hard to to weigh the um the jobs of of some people like the hospital and the um the va and and that uh and he didn't want to punish them for um you know as a as a legislature saying you're gonna be fined if you follow the mandate or the federal government saying you're gonna be fined if you don't follow the mandate uh, and 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 i can see the reasoning behind that um but uh, but there were other options that could have and should have been taken. Yeah. Um, so, so I, so in, in one respect, I see that as a total cop out, uh, no backbone. And on the other side, I see that as, um, you know, that was potentially a valid reason for what he was thinking at that time. Um, but what it boils down to overall is, uh, is, is what he, he was kind of leading to was business rights, uh, are important. And, and, and unfortunately, weighing that over the individual's rights uh, as an individual. And so when you have a business and they have to let go of half of their employees, well, the business may go out of business. Well, then nobody has a job. So you're not, you're not saving you know, 700 jobs. You've basically uh, bankrupt the whole business, and now it's out of business. Now there's no 700 jobs. Yeah. So, so there, that's, that's how you have to weigh all these things. You have to look right. at them and say, what can I do? How can I approach it? And, and which direction should we take from there? Oh, okay. So that was my question is, as a sheriff then, what does non-enforcement look like? Um, it potentially looks uh, like what we see all across the country right now, um, where... Um, you're, you're, you're just basically abdicating. You're doing nothing, right? You're just saying, well, it's a, it's a mandate from the federal government, and they said it has to be, so therefore it is, and we'll just go forward with it. So uh, if, if it's a um, – so, so I've been thinking about, like, the, uh, the school board meetings, and they're saying, well, we, we have the right as a, as a business effectively in our building to say you have to wear a mask in our school district. Well, you know, when you look at this last mask mandate that School District 2 did – um, many of the other counties did not do a mask mandate for the students. Well, what, what was the difference here? Why did Sheridan do it and not other, other um, school districts do it? Well, it boiled down to that leadership of that district. Um, so we'll see how the elections go this next election yeah. for our current go school district Tom. people. Right. <laughs> go Tom. So, I'm so yes. glad my name's not Brandon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to throw a little bit of a, I guess, my take on this, and I've been sure. itching to have an opportunity to say this. A business operates with raw materials. One of the raw materials that it uses is personnel. Yes. People. In America, it should be that that particular raw material, which is an individual, comes prepackaged with certain liberties that are inalienable and that are his. 
And so if I want to build a business, I'm going to have to build it from the understanding that this is a free man. This is a free woman. This is somebody who has the right to make their own health decisions. It's in the Constitution. This is an American with a Bill of Rights. Right. And therefore, if I want to operate a business and I don't want to have anybody working for me that's not vaccinated, I guess I have that right not to hire somebody on that purpose. I don't know where that's necessarily some gray areas in there as far as discrimination. But that's that's just a a smokescreen because if if you come to me looking for a job and i realize you're not vaccinated i'm gonna hire i'm gonna find some reason not to hire you so the reality is i'm gonna do that but there needs to be an an understanding and it was totally lacking in cheyenne and it infuriates me and that's one of the reasons i want to go down there myself individual rights have to come first Yep. Above the rights of a corporation, even if a corporation is owned by an individual, because you're using other individuals. Mm-hmm. If we lose that, we lose everything. And I think the people that are behind this actually do want us to lose everything, as far as I can tell. Well, and it boils down to uh, human rights and entity rights, right? Yeah. So uh, I think most people would agree that the human rights, the individual rights, are paramount over a business right. Um, and, I would and hope that, you're right, but it sure seems a little <clears throat> scary lately. Well, I, I think, you know, well, we used to be taught this, I will say that. You know, we used to be taught that that's how things are, and, and, and that's what America was founded on, the Constitution. And there's been amendments, and there's been acts, and there's all this law that's been passed since that has altered and changed and tweaked and, and all that kind of stuff. But, but at the end of the day, uh, to, to, to be a United States citizen, you know, we... Uh, we used to pledge allegiance to our country. We should still do that. Every day at school, n- nobody gets to opt out of that unless you're not an American, right? So, uh, and, and that was some of the different um, uh, arguments, legal cases that have gone through the court system and the courts have come back and said, well, you know, I guess it's okay, which, which was in my mind a failing of, that, of the courts at that time. And, and a lot of people think, you know, like with the abortion uh, type aspects, they say, well, that's been decided. We, we, we can't go back there. Uh, uh, no, that is not true. We absolutely can go back there and we absolutely yeah. should go back to that. No law is absolute. It, it can be changed. And when legislators say, well, there's nothing we can do about that. I say nonsense. You're the legislature. You are the senators and the, and the representatives of our state. And you absolutely can research learn, educate yourself. You have a huge staff down there to help you know, lawyers, to help you follow the law and to understand things. And then it's your obligation as an elected to go through that uh, debate, right? Mm-hmm. That's that We have a deliberative body. They're supposed to go down there and deliberate and, and investigate and talk and figure out what's the best, not for themselves, not for their election, not for their personal needs, but for the state of Wyoming and the, and the individuals that live in the state of Wyoming. That's their job. So when they, when they cop out like that, it really irritates me. And, and I generally call them on it, and, and they don't tend to like that. How do you address something? Let's say you get a phone call from the assistant principal or principal of Sheridan High School. There's a 14-year-old kid there. The whole school's on lockdown because she doesn't have a mask on. What are you going to tell your deputies to do? So um, I'm going to basically probably respond uh, if to that myself, unless I'm out of the, uh, the state. You know, I'm just not physically possible to get there. I'm still going to make a phone call. I'm going to call them up and go, explain to me what are you doing and why are you doing this? Um, that's, that's number one. Uh, number two, um, it, it, that, that boils down to a policy, right? So their policy is, is that, the, that these youth are, are mandated to wear this mask. So um, does that fall under a criminal action or a civil action? And, and what law enforcement has gotten away from, far too away from, is especially here in Wyoming, from what I've seen in the last 20 years, <clears throat> um, is that there are civil actions and civil uh, matters that have to be taken care of and criminal actions. Well, there's still laws that apply to both of those. And it's the job of the sheriff, in particular, as a countywide, uh, and that's that's even including inside the city limits. That's not, well, that's, that's jurisdictional over there. We're just going to let them take care of it. Well, yes, and unless they're not. 
if they're not taking care of it, well, then it is the obligation, again, of the sheriff to step in and go, hey, you're not doing your job. The sheriff's going to step up and do that job. So um, h- how I would handle that is I would show up and I would have discussions and I would talk with them and, and try to uh, work with them. Uh, you know, it's, it's that time, that incident, there's, there's, um, there's, there's destructive things going on. The kid is embarrassed. There's, there's other kids that are in fear. You know, there's all this this bad things that happen with, especially with fear and embarrassment in, in, especially in junior high or grade school or high school, kids don't want to be that kid that's called out in front of the entire school. So that's, that's, that's peer pressure. That's those kinds of things. So you have to um, know that that stuff's going to happen and it's, and it's bad and you, and you try to minimize that as much as possible, but then you have to, to go and work specifically with the principal, talk them through th- different things, try to work out the, the legal matters. If it ends up being a legal matter, um, that the school has to to take action on well then it then it eventually ends up as a civil matter in a civil court right there's no crime technical crime criminal crime that can be proven there um like um you know the one one thing that uh, we haven't really uh looked at very closely and, and, and often law enforcement agencies don't want to look at the, the the criminal elements of a crime and apply that to uh, let's let's say that that policy or that civil type matter. Excuse me, but um, there are times when you look at a, a a thing like fraud, right? So somebody goes out and they commit a fraud. Um, well, is that a civil matter? If if the if the business gets defrauded by one of its employees, do does that matter to the law enforcement or the state? In Colorado, for a lot of that stuff, where I was an officer. Um, the, the state actually stepped up and said, we are, by, by, by injuring this individual or this business in some situations, not all, um, domestic violence being one of them, the state steps in as also the victim. And, and that's a whole different constitutional law, yeah, legal thing yeah. that, that goes on for hours and, and years of debate, but Colorado did it. So when you're looking at those specific instances and matters, a, you try to minimize um, the the impact on that specific individual kid that's being that, that's being um, um, selected out from the rest. Um, you try to work with uh, the the immediate students around that as well, that class, let's say that class where it happened, uh, and then you try to broaden that out to some kind of um, uh, general understanding through the school, and hopefully the principal will do the right thing, and also follow that through the rest of the school. Uh, and, and say, hey, here's here's what happened. Here's how we handled it. It's it, you know we we got a uh, you know there's there's the rights of the student and names and there's a lot of different factors there. But but basically you can say you know there was a student that did this and here's how we handled it. So so that puts resolution to at least a, a, a an initial resolution to that incident. Um, sets a pretense it sets a, 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 well, a precedent and for a, a precedence, precedent but yeah. a process and a yeah. and a pathway to some kind of resolution I have, I have one more question for you sheriff thompson has come out and endorsed one of his <clears throat> own as his successor which would lead me to believe that he pretty much wants things to continue in the same vein that they have recently if, if somebody that he's groomed himself to to do things his way i guess maybe from the outside is how it looks how would a roger miller sheriff's department differ from what we've seen over the last eight to ten years so uh that that that's a very deep and broad question right so um i i, I don't i wouldn't um i wouldn't hold anything against uh, sheriff thompson for doing that um there was no other candidates there was nobody had announced at the time um, to say, you know, this person's better over that person. Um, the way I saw it was is that he supports the person that uh, is in the department as, as that, that succession training type thing. Um, I might question uh, some of the education aspects or, or longevity uh, in, in, the, in, in, in that uh, law enforcement arena. But um, other than that, um, he, you know, he's hired by the sheriff's department. He's a competent uh, sheriff. He's trained and professional. Sure, there's, there's nothing I, wrong. My, with... my question is, what, 
what policy, how would your policies be different from how they've been? Sure. So um, not not having access to the policies of, of the police department at this point, uh, I do plan on talking with uh, Sheriff Thompson and, and, and seeing if uh, I can be granted access to the policies, procedures, and those kinds of aspects of, of what are the policies of a sheriff's department here in, in this county. I know that when I was an officer in Broomfield, uh, one of the first big thick manuals I got was, here's the policies and procedures of the city of Broomfield. Here's the map of our community. Here's uh, you know the um, the training manual of what you need to learn and how you need to process. So, But I'm still, maybe I'm not expressing myself well. Let me well. try this kind yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so forgetting the, the, the technical details of, of the job, the policies, the, the qualifications of any uh, other candidates, mm-hmm. what do you look at when you decided you want to be sheriff? the way the county is being run and you say this is being neglected or this needs to be done differently what's a change that you're looking at that you would like to see implemented sure so um there are a few different things uh, some of the the civil aspects um of 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 the department um in, in particular uh you know, just something simple as, as far as the, the VIN checks, right? Um, there's a certain time, a certain location of doing that, right? Um, when I was an officer, as a police officer in the, in the city of Broomfield, we did VIN checks that sometimes we'd get a call and they'd say respond to this location because they can't tow the, the vehicle there. It's, it's, it's at a house at some place. Well, that's a, a service, right? So some of the service aspects to the community, uh, that's definitely an area that I would look at very close and improve uh, upon whatever services that are currently being done, improve those services to um, service our community better. Um, there, there are potential policies. Again, I haven't been, I don't have access to them and, some, and sometimes in different law enforcement uh, areas, you, you don't, as the public, we don't get to see what those policies are until that policy is violated and it goes to a trial, right? And then, hey, this is the policy, right? Yeah. We see it on national news all the time. Oh, I didn't know that was the policy. Um, uh, you know, whether it's uh, you know stun gun training or use of force training or whatever those things are, I have to look at those different aspects and then determine, are they good? How can we improve them? I, w- I would say at this point, uh, everything is acceptable, right? Um, no, there's no substantial complaints that uh, any anyone has come to me and said this is a major issue. Um, there, there are old school things like um, uh, uh, animal theft. Uh, you know, in the county, theft of you know tractors, equipment, uh, fence posts, you know, things like that. Those those are all crimes, right? right? And and they need to be investigated just as equal and just as hard as any other crime that's out there. So I would improve that service as well. Um, uh, I, I have heard from a multitude of people that you know, hey, I I made this uh, domestic violence uh, call, and basically nothing happened. Well, and I ask a thousand questions and. Okay, that's definitely different than how I handled those as a, as a Colorado police officer and detective. The policies there may need a little tweaking on on how they're they're handled here in Sheridan or Wyoming, as it may be. But but those policies have to be blended and, and looked at very closely to what the laws not only state but what they may require. And by that I mean in Colorado, um, the domestic violence law not only said. Uh, you have committed, there's probable cause to believe that a crime has been committed if A, B, C, D, E, F, G happen or anything similar, and there's evidence to show that that did actually happen by this specific person. Uh, but the law went a little farther to say um, there's there's no officer discretion on that. It, it, it literally said, if you see this, you must mm-hmm. arrest and lodge in the county jail. That That's not officer discretion at that point. In the state of Wyoming and, and here in Sheridan County, there's a lot of discretion in that specific aspect. So every case is different. You know, you got to look at the elements of what has happened, uh, how many times you go back to that specific house, uh, what kind of safety measures need to be taken care of. You know, is, is are, are both parties safe? Even, you know, everybody has rights there. So even the aggressor who's doing the bad things has certain rights and you have to weigh those things and say how, how do we best handle this tonight that would weigh into the same situation at the school 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's that's again where there's civil matters and criminal matters. Where it's criminal, it, it's different. Well, what I'm hearing is that, as an elected public servant, you're talking about serving the community. Yes. In in that respect, is that the sheriff's department is there to meet the needs of the people of Sheridan County, not to lord over them like prison guards. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Uh, there, there's no. There should be no lording over right um when when even just a simple traffic stop right uh that that traffic stop should be conducted professionally respectfully and as far as i know that's that's how they are being done i've even watched some videos of the sheridan police uh police department on traffic stops and and they generally almost all the time are handled very professionally uh that's one of the reasons that uh, when i was mayor we did the um uh, officer cams right Mm -hmm. so so that that's you know as an as an old officer, um, it's like, do I really want a, a, a live documentation of exactly what's going on? Well, back in the you know '90s and '70s and '80s and '60s for sure, the cops did not want that. They they wanted to do their job and go home and 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 not have the public scrutiny. But in today's world, I think it's actually very good. It's it's a very useful tool because often complaints that, uh, you know, um, I, I only had a, a couple complaints made on me, but, uh, there was a complaint and it was just my word against the driver's word. And I'm like, I didn't say those things. I have no idea what that person's talking about, but you know, it, it was, I've a wished complaint. a couple of times that I could have had some video footage of what an officer did to me years ago. Um, right. I, I could even make some complaints about uh, the sheriff prior to Sheriff Thompson, about how a certain situation was handled with me. And I have noticed a little different attitude over the years. And I, like you, think that it's, I think Sheriff Thompson has done a pretty good job overall, which is why I was saying, you know, is there something that just leaps out at you that you want to change? Sorry. And and that's my question is, so you're running against someone else. Well, potentially. Uh, Oh, okay. None of us have signed up yet. I've just announced that I intend to run and I can sign up in May. That's what the state law says. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. So here's, there's another guy. There's you. He's been in it. People know him. What are you going to be saying to voters? Mm -hmm my reason for voting for you instead of him so um uh, my experience is probably one of my uh more longevity type things um you know my my community service my public service with through the military through law enforcement through the mayor through my business in fact as i work has been you know uh 32 years at this point um you know started when i was 19 years old uh, and and so that's that's one element that uh, you know serving the community and and, and doing that. Uh, another element that I want to do is I want to look at uh, a fresh set of eyes, a, a, a very skilled, a very educated, very trained set of eyes that that is not. Uh, I'm a, I'm a local, you know, right, you know, I can't call myself native because I wasn't born here for, to the to the native Sheridanites. But uh, thank you. I, I, I grew <laughs> up here uh, from from age. Uh, I think it was 10 when I came to Sheridan. Uh, I was age two-ish when, when I moved to, to, to Wyoming when my parents moved me here. So I consider myself to be a Wyomingite. Um, so uh, as, as, you're, uh, uh, as, as you're working through all the different reasons why I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to run for sheriff, uh, there's, there's the policy aspect that I think a fresh set of eyes can look at the policies and say, Here's here's where my experience from Colorado um, and, and my experience goes a little bit farther because I was actually I, I studied law in Wyoming, then I studied law in, in Nebraska, and then I studied law in Colorado, and now I'm back in Wyoming. So I have a vast education and understanding of not only law, law enforcement, but custody, custody control, custody procedures, all those things. And, and there's a little bit of change in that uh, today, but, but those are some of the policy procedure things that I, I definitely want to work so you on. Can, you can kind of step outside of what we've already done it this way, because I've seen it done several different ways. Yes, um, yes, multiple, multiple different ways. Yeah. And, 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 and do that in conjunction with the, with the officers. You know, it's not, not come in, it's my way or the highway. It's, hey, here's another technique, another process or policy or procedure that we can do to improve your officer safety um, you know because uh, it's, it's different here with officer safety our sheriffs are out there by themselves 
maybe 20, 30 miles from backup, maybe in an area where there is no radio coverage. Mm-hmm. They, they can't get that done. We've, we've been working for, well, I say we, law enforcement has been working for decades now to get better uh, radio coverage out in those low areas. They've been working with the county, working with the city. You know, the city did all that, um, you know, five, six million dollars worth of upgrades to the police department and the radio dispatch and all those kinds of things. Uh, there's still room to improve there. So that's another thing that I will, will continue to work on. Officer safety aspects, um, maybe maybe the shift work aspect. We could look at uh, the, the other possibilities. When um, when I was an officer down in uh, Colorado, we worked um, a shift of, of uh, four tens. So we worked 40 hours a week, but we worked 10 hours with overlap and then overtime because we never got off shift in 10 hours. It was always 12 to 14. <laughs> you know, it's just there's just that much stuff going on. So so those are some of the, the things that I'd work on. Um, some of the upgrades to the sheriff's department, you know, county doesn't have a lot of money. So I've already talked to some of the legislators uh, and, and actually I've talked to some of the top five, the, the, the top electeds. Uh, I've talked to uh, four yeah, four of the five. I haven't talked to the governor yet. Uh, well, I did as, as a mayor, but but yeah. not in the last, let's say, three, four months. Right. But I've gone and I've talked to the different legislators in, in Cheyenne and in Gillette and Sheridan, wherever, wherever they show up, I talk with them about things. And there is uh, funding out there to do upgrades and improvements. So uh, I have the experience. I, I helped the city, you know, um, do do over $100 million worth of, uh, of work over the last uh, four years, as as the mayor, um, you know the grant work that we did was somewhere in the you know thirty forty million dollars worth of grant work through the state and federal government to bring that money here. So that's another area that I have a lot of skill set, a lot of uh, ability, and and I want to help uh, bring the county jail, the county um, sheriff's department, up to as high a level as it can possibly be. And part of that's through grant work. Part of that's through the budget that you're uh, that we have here at the county, uh, working with the county commissioners to uh, maybe uh, help improve some of the payroll aspects of, of the of the sheriff's department. They they get paid uh, quite a bit less than our city police department does. Um, and and uh, the, the 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 interesting thing about the sheriff's office is that uh, the sheriffs uh, kind of t- tend to stick around. Uh, it seems to be more than than other other uh, departments let's say and and at, and at one point uh, there was a lot of people at the PD that went over to the sheriff's office for for different reasons that they had so there is an attractiveness to the sheriff's department um, and and it and it clearly is a good sheriff department but there's always room for improvement and that's what I bring is that that outside well inside look with an outside understanding of a greater law enforcement world. Uh, I actually did an internship with the U.S. Marshals as well down in Cheyenne. So I, I have a very broad understanding and a, and a, and a four-year college education uh, understanding as well as my experience understanding. And that's what really makes me uh, an outstanding candidate for, for the next sheriff. Um, but also having that backbone to stand up and say, mm, that's, that's not how this is supposed to work mm-hmm. here here's the facts here's the law here's a, a procedure here's a an, a pathway that we can resolve this issue and and that re- resolution is something that uh i was very good at um back back as a as a police officer uh, i thought i was you know very good at that as as the mayor as well i was very good at it in my my business as i ran it um and it doesn't make everybody happy all the time. That's the one thing you have to understand. You know, if I can make, I've always said, if I can make 80% of the people happy most of the time, that would be I'm, huge. I'm, I'm really happy with that. Um, so so I, I, I think I bring the full package to the sheriff's office. Uh, if, if I was to be elected sheriff, and I would uh, be very grateful and thankful to the entire community for, for voting for me that for, for sheriff in this next coming up election. I think once I... Uh, start getting my my uh, my flyers out my pamphlets my information out um, like you you know people mm-hmm. it, it was it was always interesting to me because i i always almost always uh, t- fall back to my experiences as a police officer as as a as a detective or as different things as part of my understanding of why we did things or why we should do things or why we shouldn't do things um and people go you're a cop Yes, yeah. I, I was. I was a. I was a college-educated four four years of college, uh, administrative, uh, pre-law, college student with five years of, of very specific, very intense policing uh, aspects, but also administrative aspects uh, by working through the policy and the procedures. Um, 
uh, you know, my, my chief of police, uh, I, I really enjoyed him. His name was uh, Chief Deland. And um, after I left the department, you know, there were some other issues, but, you know, that's, that's how that sure. stuff works. But uh, uh, he, he, he told me when I left the department, he's like, you know, we're, we're really going to miss you. You're you an excellent officer, and, um, and you have a job anytime you want to come back. And I, and I thought that was a, a great compliment. So I guess I'd wrap this up. I know that it's very early in the election cycle, and a lot of us don't have websites and all mm-hmm. those things set up. But if somebody wants to know about your candidacy, how do they reach you? Where do they go? So at, at this point, uh, I'm still developing the website. Uh, I'm working on getting some business cards. Uh, I, I will be putting, I've already put out my initial announcement. I'll be putting out uh, another advertisement uh, in the paper, County Bounty, um, uh, as far as my background education, uh, if, if people would like to donate, uh, there, you know, there's my, my home address effectively is, is that location for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm, I'm working on, you know, you gotta have a bank account. You gotta sign up with you yeah. know, all the different state things. And, and I'm, I'm working on those things literally at, for the last month, trying to organize all that stuff. Um, talking, talking with my bank and I'm like, yep, uh, I, I, I have this account. I need to close it and I need to restart it with this one. And I got to yeah. get an EIN and all these different, isn't aspects. that fun? It's, it's a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. Everybody says, oh, you guys, this is easy. You know, yeah. you just go out and shake hands and kiss babies. And, and, and that's, uh, that's, no. that's almost very little of it. <laughs> so <laughs> at the end, at the end of the day, right now, I don't have anything specific like, uh, okay. you know, um, a specific name or a web address, but I will be getting that out in in January for sure. If I can get it out earlier, it'll it may be. Well, this folks, if it's if it's something pressing, you really want an answer, uh, contact us. You can do that through Cross mm-hmm. Creek Media. There's a little contact us deal there, and I know how to get a hold of Roger. Yep, and, and I'm more than happy as I did when I was the mayor. I gave out my personal cell phone number, and that is can I give it? Sure. Three zero seven. Seven five one nine four three six. So uh, I've always given that out. I published it in the paper. I published it on the city website. I was always available for anyone who wanted to try to find me. I put it out as as many places I could. Call me. I'm happy to talk with anybody. Uh, and I always said, not necessarily anytime. Please give me, you know, between <laughs> between midnight and six a.m. Please. And if, and if you want to make my wife happy, you know, eight o'clock and and six yeah. a.m. So. Um, I'm, Somebody I'm, better be bleeding really bad. <laughs> well, and that's part of the law enforcement job, you know. So yeah. being on call, being able to yeah. respond, um, you know. One last thing, you know, wor- sure. working those cases, um, like like the the homicide cases or the serious bodily injury cases. I worked a domestic violence case uh, where um, I'll just give two examples. One, uh, a guy shot and murdered his wife as she's running out the street. We worked, I worked that from start to finish, all the way through filing, all the way through prosecution, all the way through uh, the the very short trial because I did such, you know, very good evidence collection and, and processing and documentation of the witnesses and everything. Um, you, you sometimes wonder, it's like, what was this person thinking even going to trial? The, the plea is the only way to shorten yeah. the sentence on this one. Um, and then I worked another case where, and, and this is just two in a, in a month or two time period, um, but uh, another one where um, uh, estranged boyfriend pa- past relationship could not, you know, get over his emotions, shows up at the house, bangs on the door, kicks the door in, <clears throat> drags her out by the hair, throws her in the street, goes to his car, grabs an axe and tries to stick it in her forehead and fortunately she was able to, to bounce it off and it's hit her shoulder Jeez. and um and neighbors intervened and we got there within about uh, 45 seconds we had an officer real close guy of course runs most of those guys do uh, we caught him prosecuted him or not prosecuted the, the, the sorry the um uh the prosecutor does the prosecution but we me uh, me and the city and the rest of my department you know we, we caught him uh, did all the paperwork all the processing uh the fingerprinting the booking the lodging in jail the you know the, the courts do the restraining order and all that aspect um and and at the end of the day um you know there's a restraining order and and usually i'll say usually because there's thousands and thousands of them out there people follow them but there are the cases uh, where they don't follow them and they show up and I had one case that was the only case uh, that I actually lost the first time. I only lost one case in, in DV. Uh, I lost it to basically jury nullification. That's a, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then 
he was literally set free. He he looks at her in the courtroom after the judgment came through. He says, see, I told you I'd get away with it. And I'm coming to see it tonight. <laughs> and, the, and the judge went like, oh, hey. and the jury went, oh. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so guess what? That night we were back and we arrested him again. And he almost killed her that time. And that's the that's like... That's the worst thing you can possibly do is 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 re-victimize the victim and allow, uh, and, that, and the court system works this way sometimes, you know. And, and the juries, as we see across the country, you know, they 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 mix themselves into these things and they 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 hold the cops uh, accountable for something that is not what the cops should be held accountable for. And in this particular case, um, I asked the. The, the prosecuting attorney, what I was sitting next to during the whole case, I said, would you please go um, ask the jury what their reasoning was? I'll stick around and wait because they, they, they can do that. They can go and ask, you know, certain questions. And so he comes back and he says, <clears throat> he says, well, it was, it was really interesting. There was uh, this one lady um, and, and she was the one holdout. So it was basically everybody was guilty as can be convict them but she was a holdout she would not do it and so they came back um with uh basically a um, hung jury hung jury right so so off he goes and he gets back out and and he commits the crime literally later that day um so her her issue was that i wore my duty weapon to testify while i was on the 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 stand testifying in court well i was a sworn police officer detective for the city of broomfield in the state of colorado and and i'm obligated i was required to no no no, no. it's clear you're a registered nazi <laughs> right you can trust you exactly, anyway. right so yeah. so that was her reasoning and, and and terrible reasoning that it was but that was this person's reasoning so there she, are some she, dangers in the jury of your peers <laughs> yes so so unfortunately what i saw of that was is she she makes a really a, a horrible decision and and immediately following that this this victim that i worked so hard for months you know trying to i mean her she had tooth busted out her nose was broken she had i mean she was beaten severely almost strangled to death lots of bad things in front of her her and his child all kinds of things and it's like this person needs to be convicted and and that one jury said that one jurist said no because yeah. I don't like the fact that he wore a gun in court. And I'm just like, that is unfortunate. So <laughs> this person now gets uh, severely beaten again. And fortunately, we got there again before he was able to you know, finish killing her. Yeah. Um, and and the, the second go around, he was found guilty. He, he went to prison. So right. that was the one and only case that uh, I actually lost. Well, thank you for being with us, Roger. We look forward to having you again. And... Uh, Y'all stay in touch. Well, thank you. And I appreciate it. And uh, when I run for sheriff, hopefully everyone will go out there and, um, and really research me, uh, follow, follow through, and, 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 and call me, talk with me. Uh, I'll try to get out as much information as I can. I will need donations uh, to, to help uh, you know, to pay for the, the thousands of dollars that it costs yeah. to, to campaign countywide. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not wealthy. I made $24,000 a year for four years in a row. You can't reuse your <laughs> so, vote for Roger Miller for mayor signs. I, I can't. <laughs> you uh, put tape I, over it. Yeah, I, I got to buy all new signs and all that kind of stuff. So You know, first for school board, you know, to, to show my fiscal discipline, I'm just going to get bumper stickers, Thomas <laughs> Kelly for school board, right over it. There you go. Well, then, I'm reason the them on it. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, I hope people uh, uh, are, are paying attention because this, this election coming up, it clearly is, uh, we said this about the last one, we say about the last few, but clearly this next election is extremely important. We we really do need to focus on the candidates. We need uh, highly ed- qualified, highly, you know, educated, experienced candidates that do, uh, that have the knowledge and have the skill sets to do a fantastic job, which, which all of us have. And the backbone. Right? And the backbone and the to backbone. stand up to to the public not only the public scrutiny but to the other political scrutiny yeah. and and i ran into that you know the last two years uh when when covid started um i i pushed back uh and i was pretty much the only one pushing back going wait um, we're we're shutting down our our whole country we're shutting down our businesses 
the the state Wyoming pandemic plan says right in it, uh, do not shut your businesses down. You, you'll shut down your economy. Don't do that. It also says uh, no mask mandates. Mask mandates do not work. It says right in the in the Wyoming pandemic plan. Yep. And 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 I and I showed it to legislators. I showed it to the governor, and the governor literally said, well. Um, that's Harris' job to worry about that. I'm like, you signed it. It's your job. It's your job to follow through with this thing. Well, unfortunately, so. there was a guy on national <laughs> TV that everybody still listens to for some reason. <laughs> right. So, anyway, uh, right. I do appreciate. It. I know we got to go, bet. but uh, I'm very excited. I, I really want to work for the the county and all the people of the city and county of Sheridan. Uh, and and that's I, if, if I can leave a final message, I work for every individual resident in our county. Every one of them doesn't matter what politics you have. It doesn't matter, you know, where you come from. None of that matters. Uh, law enforcement is all about enforcing the law, enforcing the constitutions, enforcing the law, and 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 working with people respectfully, uh, with integrity and professionally. And and that's that's the bulk of how you are as a great officer, um, even in the worst of things. And and there are officers that have emotional ties. They've had history in their own past that that they just can't get past those things and that's when you as the leader as the as the boss have to say look okay you officer have to step back we're going to put this other officer in that hole and this case is going to be handled absolutely above board 100 mm-hmm. percent every time no questions of this so um anyway uh, I, that's that's what well, i plan on bringing as the sheriff thank you for being here thank you